morning. And if you go to Acts chapter 17, then Romans chapter 12. Acts chapter 17 and Romans chapter 12. look at verse 34 of Acts 17 it says right there howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed among which was Dionysius the Epigite and a woman named Demirius and others with them now go to Acts I mean Romans chapter 12 and let's look at verse uh, 1 and 2 Especially verse 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Look what it says in verse 2. But be not conformed to this world, but be renewed by the, but, I'm sorry, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that we may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that, of course, that the world try to put the worldly thinking in our minds, Lord, but in you we can have a transformed mind. And help us, Lord, to every day, day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, second by second, may we saturate our minds in your word. May the world see that we are the children of the living God by the way we live and behave and speak, Lord. And pray this morning for someone here, Lord, that never received Jesus as their personal Savior or even online watching us. May they call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we going back to where we started a little while ago on the, what is in my mind. And my question to you this morning, what is in your mind this morning? What you thinking? Let's say, mm, am I gonna, when I get out of here, I am going to this restaurant. I want to have this food, that food. What should I eat? You know, what's in your mind this morning? You, say, you know, uh, sometimes uh, uh, I, I learned that you know, at a young age, you can be present somewhere, but your mind can be miles away. You can be present in one city, and your mind can be in a different city. Uh, that's the mind, you know. We can, are you listening? Oh, I'm listening. Uh, did you hear what I said? Mm, yeah, what did I say? I don't know. Because <laughs> the mind is not listening to, you know. Uh, many times uh, we, uh, uh, even in my workplace, uh, uh, the person is teaching, um, uh, uh, going through a class, and they go, uh, some person will look very distracted or like falling asleep on it. They go, uh, are you listening? Oh, oh, yeah. What did I say? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that means you didn't listen a word. So, what is in my mind this morning? Now, this morning we're going to look at the subject, a captured mind. A captured mind. So, we see right here on verse 34 in Acts chapter 17, it says, And, and certain men cleave unto him, and they listened and believed. I mean, and believed. That's a strong word right here. It means, all right, Paul was speaking. Paul was speaking, and they paid attention, and in the end, they believed that Paul was telling the truth. 
So they believe. They believe in Paul. So there were uh, a pastor friend of mine who went to uh, pay a visit to a couple who came uh, one Sunday morning to, to one of uh, the Sunday services. He ringed this. He, he said, this is what he told me. He said, I ring the doorbell before uh, the doorbell, and before no time, I said, I was sitting in their living room, and this couple that came to church to visit, he said, I was talking to them. As I, first, I asked why they came to visit, how they heard about the church. They explained, and before I know, I'm talking to them about the Lord. I know they were not saved, telling them about the Lord and how they could get saved and all that. We went on and on and on. In the end, I said to them, are you too ready to receive Jesus as your personal Savior? They both said, no. We will hold on that. No. I tried to encourage them to say it again. They said, no. They said, I'm about to leave. I'm leaving. I'm at the front door. And I heard a voice say, Pastor, Pastor. That was not the voice of those two people. And it was, I said, I look across the, 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 the house and I saw in the other room the voice coming from there. So the lady was calling him and he said, I walked back and I went to that room and there was an old lady there. And she said, I'm ready. And the pastor said, you're ready for what? I heard what you said. I'm ready to receive Jesus as my Savior. And so at that moment there, she called upon Jesus to forgive her of her sin, admit her wrongs, and call on Jesus to save her. So two rejected, one accepted. Same message, same words. Some believe, some did not. There's a problem here with Paul. Paul went to Mars Hill, and Paul thought about the Word of God there to the intellectual and the simple ones. They're all there. And he told them, some believe, some rejected. Same thing in our world today. We live in a world today that we think we know it all. Nobody knows more than we do, right? We have these phones and these internets, and we think that we are the most wise people that ever live on planet Earth. A lot of baloney on social media, and a lot of baloney on, on, on internet. You know, don't believe everything you read and everything you see, all right? There's a lot of deceiving people out there, all right? But we think we're the most sophisticated uh, people on Earth. Let me tell you this. The heart of man still desperately wicked, the Bible says. And no matter how intellectual we think we might become, let me tell you, the simple gospel of salvation is still available to everyone. And everyone needs that gospel. Two people rejected. One woman in the other side of the room believed. Now, let me get to my message here. <laughs> So, folks, that is what happened with, with the gospel message that we share to people today. Some receive with joy and gratitude. Others reject. You remember the day you got saved? I was not a little kid. Far from that. I was a very married kid when I received Jesus as my Savior. But I still remember that day. I still remember shivering as a grown-up, getting out of my seat, walking on the aisle, and go to the front of this man that was like this. I'm, I'm going to tell you the way. I'm going to, you're going to look at it. That's the way he was. And he looks at me like, what do you need? Oh, I, I received Jesus as my Savior. 
Oh, come over here, brother. He went from to. <laughs> so remember that, brother Page. You know, it was like what a blessing. You know, and I remember when he went through the gospel with me, through the Bible with me, and he said to me, he says, now you do business with God. And I looked at him, and he goes, yeah, you do business with God. Go ahead. And right there, call upon Jesus to save me. I ask him to forgive me of my sin. Receive Jesus as my Savior. Never forgot that day. What a day. What a day that was. But I tell you what, that was many years ago, but still... The simple gospels of salvation, still the same, very simple, that a little kid can't understand. So, folks, folks, this world is full of false religions, false teachers, false information, on which is leading thousands of people to the wrong spiritual path of life. Praise the Lord for those who stop, take heed, listen, and accept it. That's why I tell you why, open your Bibles. You know why? Because I want you to see in God's Word what I'm telling you. I don't want you to go like, oh, no, get a Bible, look at it, read it, because you need to know the truth as much as I need to know the truth. Folks, this world, like I said, is full, full of, of false religion. And today we have this notion. It don't matter what you believe. It don't matter where you go. There's only one God. We all go into heaven. That is wrong, and it is not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches only one way to heaven, and Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not my, not, in the light, not men come to the Father, but by me. Amen. Christianity is exclusive. It doesn't need any other religions and other beliefs. So today, what we do, people say, we do spiritual, not too. We do sophisticated, we do intelligent. We cannot believe these things anymore. You know what? One day they will face the judge of the earth. So praise the Lord for those who stop, take heed, listen, and accept it. Get this. God wants to capture our minds with truth. He wants us to find the truth, accept the truth, and live the truth. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be renewed in your mind. See, when we, when we receive Jesus as Savior, God doesn't want to live the same old, think the same way, the same way like we did before. He wants to renew our minds, to think differently, to act differently, to speak differently. You know what? He came in, He transformed you. Now, He doesn't transform you from inside out. Now, guess what happens now? We have a transformed mind, and that mind's got to be out there. Gotta, we've gotta, people got to see that we are new and renewed in God's Word. Actually, go back to that passage there in Romans chapter 12. I, I got to the points this morning. Don't worry. I get there. But let's look at, back in Romans again, and I want you to show you something there. We in Acts, go to Romans. Go to Romans there. I got it right here. Look at verse 12 ago, uh, uh, again. Look what it says. It says, it says, And be not conformed to this world, to the, to the shapement of this world. But it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now the question is, how do you renew your mind? Your mind made new. How do you renew your mind? In the Word of God. That's why it's important that we read and study and memorize the Word of God. Listen, we, a pastor doesn't say this just for the sake of saying, because a pastor does the same thing. How do you think I do my studies? How do you think I prepare my messages? I spend time in, what? in the Word of God. Otherwise, 
How am I going to come out with messages? I can't. God's got to speak to me. But we got to be renewed in the word of God. We, God gave us his word so we can renew our mind. In a word. Let me put it this. If you don't renew your mind in the word of God, the world will renew your mind to the old-fashioned way, the way you've been. Uh, so, folks, that's what happened here. So, let me go back, get to our message right here. So, let's look at this message right here. Actually, get this. This world and all of its influences have been in control of our thoughts for too long. I think that there is a time to change our minds. I think there is a time to bring into captivity our thoughts here, uh, godly thoughts. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. You see, those things that exalt itself against the word of God and the knowledge of God said, get rid of it. And it, says, and it says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So as we continue with this, what's in my mind this morning, I want to preach the subject, a captured mind. So let's look at this from several points. A captured mind. Number one, a captured mind begins with openness. Openness. You see, usually people say that we Christians have a closed mind, a narrow mind because of what we believe. They say, oh, snap out of it. You guys are too narrow-minded. You only believe this thing. Why don't you see the big picture? You know what I say? I've been in a world like you. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Only if I tell you about my childhood. I didn't grow up this way. You know what? I was in my 30s when I received Jesus as my Savior. I know exactly what the world offers, and it was out there. Nobody's going to teach me that because I know it all. I know about that stuff. You know what? It is say, you close mind. And I, sometimes I interact with them. So let me think the way you think. Let's talk to, from your perspective. And they look at me like, oh, you know this thing. Oh, you think I'm naive? No, we're not. So they think we are closed minded naive. We don't know much. They think that, that they know it all. And they, 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 and they have arrived. In a sense, they even feel bad for us for not thinking the way they do. What they don't uh, really understand is that we have been there where they are. We used to think the way they did and live the way they lived. But praise the Lord, we've been transformed by the power of what? The gospel. We are new creatures. We are new creations. We understand where they are, but they don't understand where we are. You follow that? A person that never received Jesus as their personal Savior does not understand what Christianity is. They think it's a religion. They think it's some denomination. What is not? They look at me and say, you mean you're not religious? So, no, I'm not religious. You're the pastor. You're not religious. No, I have a relationship with God. Right. I'm not a religious. See, we understand, but they don't understand us. So our minds have been transformed. Our minds have been made new. We really have a closed mind, a narrow mind. It's not us. It's them. They think that they're okay, but, in their, uh, 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 but because of their closed mind, they are not okay. They think they're going to heaven because they're good people. They do good deeds. And because of that, they're going to heaven. There's no way in the Bible that teaches such a thing. You can be the greatest person. I, I tell you what, I can give you names after names after names, even through history of people that did such great things for humanity. 
They build bridges. They build ships. They build airplanes. They 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 they, they build mansions. I mean, you could, yeah, I can go on and on and on and on about people that did great things. They feed thousands of people every single day. And I tell you what, it amounts to nothing because salvation is not through works. And we say like, oh, look at this. No, they're going going to heaven because they did good works. No, 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 no. Then we take Jesus out of the picture. If salvation is to do all these good things, why did Jesus go to Calvary's cross? You tell me. Did God leave heaven, took a form of a, of a man, to go to, 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 to bleed and die in Calvary's cross just for show? There's got to be something significant about that. You know why? Because it's there in that cross that we get salvation, not by what we do. Actually, we work for the Lord because we are saved not to be saved. Is it good to do good works? Yes, it is. It is good to help a fellow man? Yes, it is. Is it good to do good things for humanity? Yes, it is. All these things are good, but don't rely on them to go to heaven. They think that they are going to heaven because of their religious affiliation. Oh, my great-grandfather and great-grandmother went to that church. My grandmother went to that church. I was baptized in that church. I'm going to heaven because look, look at the line of my family. It's just a name. Look what Jesus said to the Pharisees or to, to the, we want to see the priests of those days. He said, your father is the devil. Wow. You're talking about, today we would say that's offensive. They, don't, they didn't took it very well. Go out there and say to people that are not saved, your father's the devil. See how they're going <laughs> to respond to you. It's offensive, isn't it? Well, Jesus said it upright. He said, your father's the devil. You see, they think that Christian people have a closed mind, but we don't. Letter A, a desire to mature. When verse 34 speaks of some that clave unto him, it means that they were open-minded to the truth that Paul was preaching. They were hungry for the word and wanted more. What a joy to find people who are hungry for the word of God. What a joy is when we find people who listens to the word of God and accepts it with joy. What a joy when we see Christians with an inner desire to mature spiritually in, in, in the word of God. Look what it says in Psalm 118 verse eight, uh, 119 verse 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And verse 19 says, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Who are we, Christians in this world? We are pilgrims. We're just passing through. This is not our home, folks. So don't plan to be here forever. Paul preached the message that the Lord, uh, the Lord placed in his heart. Some of them rejected his message, and even mocked him. But verse 34 tells us that some believed. I remember several years back, we had an outreach. I was in First Baptist many years ago, and there was hundreds of kids over there. And this preacher began to preach a message, and he began to preach about salvation. This guy stood up in the middle of the crowd and began to mock the preacher. Literally out loud, mock the preacher. And of course, people came to him and said, listen, if you don't want to listen, you need to remove yourself. You're disturbing. And he finally walked away. But he walked away, keep mocking and cursing the preacher with ugly words. God have a sense of humor. You know what happened to him in the end? 
he got saved. He was fighting the preacher, but God was at work. God said, you know what? I'm going to go after you. There was one of the men of the church that went after him, spent hours with him in the back. And you know what? He got saved. But see, this desire to mature, let me tell you this. Let it be. Let's say a diligent diligence to meditate. Just prior to his visit to Mars Hill, Paul had been with a group of people that he described as noble who searched the scriptures daily. Look at verse 11 or Acts 17. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica and uh, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. You see, Paul describes to us that the great things about the Thessalonica church here, about their love, their faith, their commitment for the Lord, but they were great. They were, they, the church of Thessalonica was a great church. Now, Paul testifies in Acts 11, 17, testifies of these people to be more noble than they were. Literally, Paul is not saying they were better than they were. That's not what he's saying. And Paul is not putting people down and elevate others. That's not what he was saying. I personally don't believe in such a thing. Why? But Paul is speaking here from a spiritual perspective. They received the word with readiness of mind. They have a transformed mind. Their mind was open and ready to receive the word. Folks, in churches, or every time a preacher speaks, is different types of minds who receive the word. Some receive with readiness of mind. Some receive as critics. Some receive and mock. And some receive and say, I don't believe a word you're saying. It's different minds. You follow that? And the church of Thessalonica says, the church that love, have all this love, faith for the Lord. But these people, they were so ready to receive this, that they searched the scriptures daily. And when Paul speaks, they were listening to him. They're ready to receive the word. Get this. Uh, a ready mind is a willing mind. A ready mind is an open mind. A ready mind is a searching mind. Listen, folks, these people search the scriptures daily. Uh, uh, can such a thing be said of us? Can we search the scriptures? Oh, I don't understand. I'm a very busy people. Let me put it this way. Do you think that people in Bible times, they just want vacation every day? Or do you think they work like we do? Of course they went to work. And their families to support as well. We do. You know, when I live in the Azores Island, as an interesting fact, the people that live in the mainland thought that the people in the islands were on vacation all the time. Oh, you guys go to the beach every day. I'm like, yeah, and we're going to eat the rocks. I mean, you got to eat, right? you got to support your families. And that mindset is beyond me. But let me tell you, these people search the scriptures every day. Can we search the scriptures every day? Yes, we can. If you have an open mind, a diligent mind, and a well, we open the scriptures because we want to know what God says. You know we need spiritual food for every day? Don't you like your pancakes every day? Or by your, your sausage every day? Or by your eggs every day? Don't you need the breakfast or breakfast to get you going? Some of them are my breakfast is just coffee. All right, whatever that is. What about that spiritual food? Don't we need that spiritual food every day? I want you to open the Word of God and listen to the Word of God or read the Word of God. We need that. You know why? Because we are prone to forget. We need the Word of God. We too 
have to be searching the scriptures every day, not picking and choosing what we want to read, but be students of the Word of God daily. We should be good students of the Word of God. We should be good examples of the Word of God. We should be lighthouses. We should be walking encyclopedias of the Word of God. You say, Pastor, that's really intense. It is. Of all people in the earth, Christian people should know the Word of God left and right. Because it's the words of our Heavenly Father. We should know Him more than anybody else. Nobody can come to us and say, Oh, I know more about God than you know. Oh, tell me about it. He's my Father. You see that? Number two, the captured mind proceeds with an obedient heart. Obedience is one key ingredient to live the Christian life. You can't hear as many sermons as you want, read the Bible as much as you want. It amounts to nothing if we don't use what we've been told in an obedience to the Lord to live it out. Then Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So when we read the God's Word, when we hear the teaching of God's Word, when we hear the preach of God's Word, when we open our Bibles and read our Bibles, we are to be obedient to what God is telling us to do. So, Pastor, what about when I'm failed? When, I, when you fail, ask God to forgive you. Then go on again. Not perfect. Don't look up here because I'm far from perfect. I make mistakes. You know what I do? Ask God to forgive me. That's what we do. So a captured mind proceeds out of obedient heart. Letter A, a practice, of the, a practice of difference. Not only did these people in verse 34 cleave to Paul's word, but they believed in God's word. Now, how precious the word of God is when we receive with a desire to obey. The Lord's desire is for these children not only to listen and read his word, but obey his word. Which mom and dad doesn't love or their hearts get full of joy when their kids are obeying what they're saying? Don't you, don't you have joy? I mean, when your kid, you say something, you teach your kid, and they go and obey it, and you see it, does your heart rejoice? Of course it does. Those of us who have children, we know that. He said, look, look, look at my child. Look, look. Oh, wow, look. What they're doing exactly what I said. And you are like joyful, makes up your day, and you know you rejoice. What do you think God does? When we obey God's word, we think He does. He rejoices. He rejoices. So these people believe. The Lord desires not only for, for a head knowledge that we have, but that we have a heart for Him to meditate, to read His word, to obey what He says. Folks, the truth is that, that there are Christians whose heart desires to obey is far from the Lord. They don't want to obey. They don't want to live for the Lord. They want, to, uh, they want part of both worlds. They want the world and they want God. It doesn't work that way, folks. Did you ever try to walk in a fence? I went less but two steps. I don't know about you. You know, you imagine you have a fence. I'm like, oh, how are you going to do it? You're going to fall either side. You might walk five feet. You might walk two feet. Maybe you might walk... Frank, you might walk 20 feet, but I promise you, you're going to fall, you know. <laughs> Frank said he would not. <laughs> but, you know, you're going to fall. You know what? We can't have the world and God at the same time. You say, but am I going to get myself in a shoebox somewhere? No. Look at the beauty of this world. God wants you to enjoy it. That's why he created the world for. I'm talking about the world system on which we live. God says, don't let them mold your mind. You have a renewed mind. Live for me 
Enjoy what I created for you. People say, church is boring. God is boring. The Bible is boring. I don't know how can you go to church all the i tell you what. I didn't get bored yet. I didn't get bored yet. I've been doing this, been doing this for 20-some years. I love the Lord. Love to sing. Love to praise Him. Love to talk about, to people about the Lord. Talking about many times at work, I created a crowd. <laughs> you know? You got to tell them. You know, it's interesting. They reject it, but they find it interesting. So you talk with one before you know you got five around you. And if the, you know, and it was like, guys, we have to go to work because, you know, we get paid to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me ask you this other question. Oh. It's a blessing. Look what it says in James. Actually, go to James chapter 1, verse 22. Keep your finger in our text. And we keep moving down. Look what it says. i let you go there because this is a very important verse right here. And I bet that you never read this verse before. This is a very, very old verse that you never read before. Uh, James 1.22. Look at that verse. I bet that Nancy never read this verse in her life. Look what it says. But be ye what? Doers of the word that, and not, I'm sorry, but not, I'm sorry. I'll go back. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. But if any... Uh, be of uh, a bearer of the word and not a do uh, and not a do is like unto a man behold himself as natural uh, face in a glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight away forget what man of man he was but who's looking unto the perfect law of liberty and continue therein he being not a forgetful hearer but as a do of the word this man shall be blessed in his deeds so God says in the word, be a doer of the word. To whom he's talking to? To his children, to Christians. Let it be. A problem with disobedience. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be therefore followers of God as their children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us, and had given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. So folks, God doesn't want us to walk in disobedience. God doesn't want us to walk in the ways of this world. God does not bless disobedience. He does not. So the Bible shows us that we all have a battle. We have had the old man in us and the new man in us. Who am I going to obey? Obey the new man. Sometimes I hear people say, God doesn't speak to my heart anymore. It must be the preacher for he's not doing his job. Because if he did, the Lord would just speak to me. My friend, the problem is not the preacher. The problem is not the Bible. The problem is not the Word of God. The problem is our hearts. That's our, the problem. Many times the problem is us. God not speaking to me. Sometimes, you know, when we walk in disobedience, guess what? God's going to say, hey, where are you going? And we feel like the Word of God is dull. We feel like the, the house of God is, is boring. We feel like the preaching is not reaching our hearts. Listen, God says, open your hearts. In Revelation, several times He says to the churches there, He that have an ear, let him hear. Why? Because they were walking in disobedience there, besides one or two churches there. And tell you what God says, He that have a ear, let him hear. Same thing to me and you. God says, open your ears. Hear my words. There's no reason, folks, let me tell you this, there's no reason for a Christian to walk in disobedience. No reason at all. 
Number three, we're almost done. The captured mind cultivates in ownership. In ownership. Look what says in our, in our text down in verse 34 of Acts 17. It says, Obeyed certain men cleave, un, cleave unto him and believed among that which was the, the, uh, the Anasius, uh, I think that's the right name, and uh, it says uh, in, uh, in a woman named Demirius and others with them. So these two converts, the preacher from the preaching of Mars Hill, did not seem that, that significant. Actually, we don't hear much about these people in the Bible. There are, they are certain, uh, uh, and there are certainly not uh, household names that are faith that we know. They're not there. There's just a, just a couple names here. And it says, and others with them. Who are the others? What are their names? What is interesting, however, is that the last phrase in this verse, and it says, and others with them. So these, the, the, the initials and the woman, the mirrors, open their minds to the truth, open to, the, open to that truth, and now uh, in our own in such a way that to make an impact on others. Let me tell you this. You heard the truth if you're saved here today. You are a Christian. You heard the truth. You have the truth. The question is, what are you doing with the truth? Same thing with these people. You see, we heard the truth, we accept the truth. Now, what are you doing with the truth? You're living the truth. You're sharing the truth. Aren't you glad somebody shared the truth with you? No matter if you're a kid, if you're grown up, I'm thankful somebody shared the truth with me. But are we living the truth? You see, Pastor, but I fail all the time. So do I. Believe me. And what do you do when you fail? Ask forgiveness. Because God is a forgiving God. And he says his mercies are new what? every morning. And now God good? Lord, I failed you. And as a child, my mercies are new again. This next morning when you wake up, I have new mercies for you. Letter A, the process of a changed mind. The process of a changed mind. You know what? People don't like to talk about brainwash. But you know what? Our world is full of brainwashed people. Brainwashed people all over the place. You know what? You know what happens with the moment the person receives Jesus as Savior? Their mind then washed. God makes it clean and said, now you can see the truth. The Word of God changes the minds so the wrong thinking of the past is replaced with new thinking, which affects the way we live. Do you think that I always the way I've been or the way I am? Oh, no, no, no. You should see the old me. You know, the old me was, oh, I'd laugh at you if you fall down or hurt yourself. I'd say, ha, ha, are you dead yet? That was me. I could care less about people. Life was about me. Interesting, I'm preaching to you today because I care about you. You see what God does? You see, but we, we, we change the old ways and get new ways. How we get new ways? You cannot know new ways if you don't study the Word of God and listen to the preaching of God's Word. That's why people say, well, is it important to go to church? Yes. Is it important to read my Bible? Absolutely. What about memorizing Scripture? Do it every day. Imagine, comes a day that you cannot carry your Bible. You say, oh, I lost my Bible. Well, what about if you have written in your heart? The Word of God changes the mind so the wrong thinking of the past is replaced with the new thinking which affects the way we live. Our minds affect our manners. Remember this. 
So if our manners are going to change, our minds are to be changed first. When right thinking places the, the pla uh, place in our minds, li living right follows. When we think right, we act right. We behave right. We speak right. Right? Why a person speaks dirty all the time? Because their mind is dirty. One guy said to me the other day, this guy is a pitiful cesspool of filthy mouth. And I said to him, I said, don't you get tired of speaking this way? I said, it bothers me because I'm over there listening to you. It bothers me. And he says, oh, it's very hard to waste a wicked mind. That's what he told me. I said, well, I feel bad for you. I really do. I said, you need to have your mind washed several times. I said, I cannot understand how cute you speak like that constantly, 24-7. I look at him, I said, you speak like that at home? Oh, yeah, why not? Wow. So the word of God changes the mind, so the wrong thinking is moved away because a new thinking comes in. How we Listen, if you empty something, let's put it like this way. If you have a box full of stuff, and you say, i got to take all this junk out of this box, and you take it out. When you take the junk out of the box, what's in the box? Nothing. It's an empty box. You can't say it's a full box. You have to replace with something. The same thing. When we get saved, our mind gets empty. Now guess what? You've got to replace. Don't let the old come back. Put the new in. That's why Sunday school is important. That's why morning service is important. Sunday night is important. Wednesday night is important. That's why they're all designed to help you to grow in your Christian life. So your mind can be full of goodness. Look what it says. Actually, go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 18. Verse 8, I'm sorry. Joshua chapter 1, verse 18. I think Joshua said this, put this in a good perspective so we can understand. Look, it says Joshua 1, 8. Look what it says. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt, look what it says, meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, I know some preachers use this passage to talk about money and prestige and success in the world. That is baloney. That's not what the Bible is talking about here. All right? It's talking about success and, and, and uh, prosperous and success in the Word of God. Look at the context of the passage. Don't use this for money. You know, the, those preachers that come on, 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 on TV and stuff, they use these passages like that. No. It's talking about, look what it says at the beginning. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and I shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It says, and when you do that, for then, said, that, that's what the Bible says, for then, after you do that, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. I mean, you live in a way that it's a blasting because you already know. Your mind is renewed in the word of God. Don't put money there because it's, it it's not talking about money. So keep God's word close to your heart. This book of the Lord shall not depart from, from thy mouth. Keep God's word close to your heart. Make God's word the most important thing in your life. God is word. Number two, meditate on God's word. They say, how can, listen, it is great 
to meditate on God's Word. Don't meditate on football. Don't meditate on golf. Don't meditate on... Meditate on God's Word. Practicing God's Word. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And Jesus in the New Testament says, If you love me, keep my commandments. It goes back to this right here. So we ought to, we, we work for the Lord because we love Him. We go to His house because we love Him. He commands us to do those things. So, so putting the Word of God into practice in our everyday life. That's what God wants us to do. That's renew in our mind. It literally, every day is for Jesus. You know what? If our every day is for Jesus, look what we do. We treat people better. We speak better, we behave better, we become better citizens. And we look at human beings the way they should be looked in the image of God. We respect from the youngest to the oldest because we living every day with a renewed mind. You know why so much racism in our world? Because God and people doesn't see people to the eyes of God. They see people in a hateful way. Every human being needs respect. Don't matter who they are, where they are in society, it don't matter who they, are, they need to be respected. And our world doesn't teach that way. Our world looks at status. I show I saw a video one time of our New York City. This guy was in the right next to the subway station, and this guy is dressing in rags. And he's trying to greet people. And the people are walking away from him. Like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And they're going around. Some people get mad at him. The same guy comes back hours later dressed in a suit and tie. And people would stop and greet him. What happened there? Status. Because you have a suit and tie, you must be a good person. Oh, you're dressing rags. Oh, you're no good. You see, we're not looking at people the way God wants us to look. That Jesus came and sat with sinners because he looked. He said, from the lowest to the greatest, everyone is welcome into the house of God. Everyone. Practicing the word. Let it be almost done. The permanent of a clean, a cleansed, a cleansed mind. I'm sorry. God, uh, does God need to wash our brain out with a good soap bath in order for us to think right and, and be free from filthiness of, of our sin? So in order for us to live in obedience to the Lord, we must place the wrong with the right. Because when the heart uh, and the mind changes, Clean uh, uh, actions, uh, words, behavior will change as well. When the mind changes, every member of our body will change as well. Our brain, the way our brain thinks, get this, folks? The way our brain thinks, our body will follow. If your brain thinks to steal, your hands will go and grab. If your brain thinks to mischief, your legs will follow. If your brain thinks about cursing and all filthy words, your mouth will speak up. You see, but if our brain is washed out and cleansed, and you know what? By the way, the brains think about, okay, I got to take care of this person. I got to do good to this person. I got to speak right. You know what? Our members will follow. Whatever is in our brain, the rest of our body will follow. Look what it says in John chapter 15, verse 3. Now ye are clean. To the word which I have spoken unto you. That's Jesus speaking. You see, a lot of so-called open-minded people ought to be 
ought to, uh, ought to be closed for cleansing. Your mind is a secret enclosure in which nothing harmful can enter except by your permission. You follow that? Everything that you store in your mind, you allow it to be there. Nobody can put that there. You allow it to be there. What about store that with good, godly thoughts and godly words? There's nothing that comes to your mind that you cannot control. The Spirit of God gives you, uh, lives in you and gives you the power to overcome any evil thought that comes into your mind. You say, but I can control, even the TV is wicked. Okay, I agree with you. So what do you do when the TV is wicked? So you're sitting in your couch, right? Sitting in an awkward position. <laughs> and the TV is having these things on, and what do you do? You got a little box called the remote control. Flip. And not anymore. But your mind's going to tell you, flip it, flip it. Otherwise, it stays there. In my case, it's like, I don't flip, I fall asleep. <laughs> well, last night, uh, my wife said, I'm going to bed. I said, okay. And I, I woke up a couple hours later. I was like, <laughs> sleeping. You know, the TV was not, nothing on on TV. It was just, I don't even know what was there. But anyway. <laughs> so why don't we Christians give God permission to wash our brain so we can think right? Look what it says in some. Uh, 119 verse 9, withal shall a man cleanse his way. Look what it says, by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Verse 10 says, with my whole heart I have sought thee, or let me not wander from thy commandments. And look what it says in verse 11, 119 verse 11, it says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How important is God's word? God's word in our heart is important. So when we have God in our hearts, the Word of God written in our hearts. Guess what happened? So we don't sin against God. When we're about to do something wrong, the Word of God poof, pops in our mind. Oh, and we back off. And so, maybe somebody did you something wrong, and you go, let me, hi, how are you? And we change our way, the way we talk. Is that easy to do? No. Sometimes we want to take our words back. But when I change my, oh, and we change. There's a man that works with me that literally doesn't like me. <laughs> I don't know why. He told me. And uh, a guy the day I was going, he, he was just real being mean to me. I mean, really, and I was going, let me tell him what he needs to hear. Hey, good morning. How you doing? <laughs> Take it back. You change your mind because, you know, what comes up, the Lord says, hey, no, that's wrong. God says, pray for your enemies. It's not an easy thing to do. When God tells me to pray for those who spit in my face, for those who want to hurt me purposely, God, you want me to pray for them? I thought, I how could Jesus say that? He doesn't understand our weakness. How could he say that? When he was cru being crucified, what did he say? Father, forgive them. What they were doing, they were crucifying him. He was going through all kinds of excruciating pain, the mockery, and the false accusations against him. And from the top of that cross, he says, Father, forgive them. 
and what we do to those who hate us. God says, pray for them. I tell you what, it's not an easy thing to do. I conclude with this. When someone calls you that you are a brainwashed Christian, instead of getting angry and frustrated with them, praise the Lord. You say, what? Let me repeat myself. When someone calls you a brainwashed person or Christian, praise the Lord. You say, why, Pastor? Because they're testifying to you that you've been transformed. They recognize that you've been made new. They don't know what they're saying, but you know. Wow, you see the change. Praise the Lord. One time I was accused. I've never been a drunk, believe me. I always walk away from that. But I'm not saying I never drink alcohol, because I did before I got saved. And uh, somebody said to me, oh, I used to see you drink. I was like, I'm glad you did. Praise the Lord that when Jesus came in, the booze walked out. They look at me like, and they knew it was true what I was saying. You see, when somebody mock you and call you brainwashed and close-minded, praise God. Praise God. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalted itself against knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for...